Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Derek Michael Chauvin, guilty. But it's not enough. We can't stop here. This is not justice. We need true justice. The investigation I am announcing today will assess whether the Minneapolis Police Department engages in a pattern or practice of using excessive force. This is just the beginning. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views, Tom and Benny and Clark. And uh, can we jump to conclusions? Can we jump right in and uh, begin to uh, know the reason why everything happens? Apparently some people can. Uh, Unfortunately, I mean, this is never good news when somebody dies. There was a police shooting in Elizabeth City. There was a search warrant. And a deputy sheriff of the Pasquotank Sheriff's Office was working on a search warrant of some sort. The the details are pretty sketchy. And around 8.30 a.m. this morning, uh, the person they were looking for was Andrew Brown Jr. Something happened, and the deputy sheriff pulled out his gun, and shot Andrew Brown Jr., and uh, he passed away as a result. This story is now making national news, and already people are jumping on social media. One statement, clearly yesterday's verdict meant nothing for the police in North Carolina who felt they had the audacity to kill another black man in his own car. Say his name, hashtag Andrew Brown. We, we don't know why this happened. We don't know what the rationale is. We had the story that we'll get to in a little bit up in Columbus, Ohio. People are protesting the police officer who pulled out his gun to save, potentially save the life of an African-American girl young lady, when he shot and killed a woman, a young lady, 16 years old, I think she was. Uh, And listen, when the police officer arrives at that situation in Columbus, I know I'm all over the map here, going from one story to the other. But when you get to that Columbus police officer shooting the 16-year-old, he had no idea how old this person was, and she was a large girl. If you've seen the video the the video looks like it's an adult woman. She's got a knife. She is getting ready to stab the other young lady. He tells her to put it down. He shoots her. He saves the life of the other young lady. And yet, the, the, even Jim Saki, she she calls. Oh, this this was just a child during her press briefing today, and she fails to even say anything about the fact that this woman had a knife in her hand as she was getting ready to stab the other young lady. Unbelievable. I watched the video, and, you know, I, I can only assume the video is the um, at, at full speed. Of course, they actually showed the full speed video, and then they slowed it down in slow motion. But the split-second decision that the officer had to make... right. 
to he ought to be commended as a yeah, hero to, to save i mean and it's sad yes it's a young young person that was killed but it's sad that we live in a world where a 16 year old girl's trying to stab someone else and the only reason she didn't stab the other girl because the girl fell to the ground and then she went to the other uh, the other person um you know, I, I, I assume the the young lady who who died had I, she she was either had mental problems or was high on drugs because she was just all over the map in terms of her attack. And I mean, it was um, amazing to watch watch it live, not live, but at um, full, full speed, speed, full speed. That how quick a decision he had to make, and I hate to say it, but make say, make a tough shot or shots. At, at the right time and not endanger anyone else. Yeah. I mean, it's he, just... He, he said, get on the ground and fired his gun. Uh, it, talking to the other people. I mean, he prior to that, it was drop your weapon. But uh, we do have the audio of the press conference, which took place about two hours ago up in Elizabeth City. This is Sheriff Tommy Wooden. Uh, it is also a special agent from the SBI who... Uh, that takes care of these kind of matters for the northeastern part of North Carolina and District Attorney Andrew Womble. This is only about a three-minute uh, press conference. Very quick. They did take some questions at the end. I didn't include that because, frankly, it's a hard, you have a hard time understanding the questions. But this is what they said at the press conference. It's been a tragic day that started at approximately 8.30 a.m. during the search warrant at 421 Perry Street by Pasquotank County Sheriff's deputies. Andrew Brown Jr. was fatally wounded during this search warrant. The North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation, an outside agency, was immediately contacted and is conducting this investigation. The Sheriff's Office has complete trust in the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation and its ability to complete this investigation. The Sheriff's Office will be transparent and take the proper actions based on the findings of the SBI's investigation. I have put together a team of local law enforcement to come to Pasquotank County to ensure the safety and protection of the citizens in our community. I would like to thank, personally thank the State Bureau of Investigations, Elizabeth City Police Department, Alcohol Law Enforcement, North Carolina Highway Patrol, and many other law enforcement agencies that are aiding in this effort. Uh, thank you, and, and God bless. And at this time, I'm going to turn the floor over to Special Agent Rogers. Uh, my name is Michelle Rogers, M-A-S-H-A-R-O-G-E-R-S. I'm the Special Agent in Charge for the Northeastern District of the State Bureau of Investigation. The SBI was requested by the Pasquotank County Sheriff's Office this morning, immediately after an incident in which uh, officers of the Pasquotank County Sheriff's Office or deputies were involved in a shooting. The SBI agents in our district deployed immediately and will begin began conducting interviews. We will conduct a thorough and complete investigation utilizing all available resources. Our agents are fact finders and at which time all interviews and casework are completed, we'll turn our findings and our case file over to the district attorney, District Attorney Womble, at which time he'll make a determination about any criminal charges. It's very early in the investigation, so we will not be able to answer any questions about any of the details involved in this case. District Attorney Womble. Good afternoon. As Special Agent Rogers stated, my name is Andrew Womble. I am the District Attorney for Pasquotank County and several of the surrounding counties. And it is indeed a 
a tragic day here in Pasquotank County. Uh, what we are looking for at this time will be accurate answers and not fast answers. We're going to wait for the full and complete investigation performed by the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation, their agents. And then we will review that, make any determinations that we deem appropriate at that time. This will not be a rush to judgment. Uh, we're going to wait for that investigation as we're duty bound to do. Once again, as this is an active criminal investigation, I'm going to refrain from making comments about uh, or speculate on facts or events that transpired this morning. Thank you for your time and your attention. So that was the press conference from about 3 o'clock this afternoon with Sheriff Tommy Wooden and the district attorney for uh, Pasquotank and surrounding counties, uh, Andrew Womble. By the way, this is making national news, and one of the headlines on um, one of the outlets was that Black Lives Matter has already uh, put together a protest. No clue as to what went on. And again, we've, we've talked about this all week. The opportunities for um, police officers to lose their lives is probably higher now than it's been in a long, long time. Over 100 police officers this year have already lost their lives. The, the, the chances of you getting of a police officer getting shot by a uh, by a black male and i I'm, I, I hate to bring race into this because i don't say this is a racial issue but the other side is making a racial issue out of this so you've got to respond the chances of a police officer black or white getting shot by a black male is 18 times greater than a black male being shot by a police officer it's uh it's a it's a sad situation that we're living in and the, the fact that these people just jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, the other thing, too, is, and, and perhaps a part of the problem is the 24-hour the news cycle. I grew up in outside of Baltimore, and I hate to say it, but murders in Baltimore were a, a, a daily occurrence, and they still are. And I hate to say it, but you, you, you become sort of numb to it. And, and most of those murders were, sorry to say it, guys, again, I don't make a, a racial issue out of it, but it's the facts. It's black-on-black black crime. What well, an amazing thing to me is it should be obvious to anyone with a brain that this is being used as a political issue to, divide, to divide people. Yeah. You know, this year alone in Chicago, there's been over 900 shootings in Chicago. And I, I won't even talk race, but the race breakdown is very, very high. For black people. Not one press conference from Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, or anyone else, Black Lives Matter either. No press conferences from them. This is a political issue that the Democrat Party has jumped on simply because their polling data has showed them the last four or five years that they were losing the black vote, in particular, the black male vote. That's not speculation. That's fact by all the major polls, and they want to find any way possible to divide and stop that from happening because their ideas don't work. It's been proven for 50 years they don't work, and they're just trying to divide people. Well, the truth of the matter is, and this came up in a press conference today with Jen Psaki, 
Kamala Harris and Joe Biden have been on the wrong side of this issue when it comes to police reform. Just last year, yes, just last year, Kamala Harris voted down even debating judicial and police reform. Voted down even debating it. Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, that is that is a black man, worked his tail off on a police reform bill. They would not even discuss it, nope. wouldn't debate it. And the re- simple reason why, I mean, they could have got in and negotiated some points. But the simple reason why the political issue was more important than a solution. Right. Well, and it's the same thing that uh, our governor does. If it's, if it's introduced by a, a Republican, we're just going to shut you down. It, interestingly, this is, this is cut four, Clark. Interestingly, Jen Psaki was asked today during a White House briefing, President Biden yesterday responded to the George Floyd case verdict and said George Floyd ripped the blinders for the whole world to see the systemic racism in the United States. To what extent does Biden acknowledge his own role in the systemic racism, and how does that inform his current policy positions? Uh, President Biden yesterday, uh, responding to George, the George Floyd, Floyd case verdict, uh, said uh, that George Floyd's death, quote, ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism in the United States. Uh, but he's an architect of multiple federal laws in the 1980s and 90s uh, that disproportionately jailed black people and contributed to what many people see as systemic racism. Uh, the activist Cornell West said that Biden was, quote, one of the core architects of mass incarceration and that, quote, I think uh, Biden is going to have to take responsibility and acknowledge the contribution he made to mass incarceration. Uh, to what extent does President Biden uh, acknowledge his own role in uh, systemic racism and how does that inform his current policy positions? Well, I would say that um, the president's one of the president's core objectives is addressing racial injustice in this country, not just through his rhetoric, but through his actions. And what anyone should look to is his advocacy for passing the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, for nominating uh, leaders to the Department of Justice to address uh, long outdated um, policies uh, and to uh, ask his team, leadership team here in the White House to prioritize these issues in his presidency, which is current and today and not from 30 years ago. Does he believe it's important to accept his own culpability? I think that answered your question. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you answered the question. What a bunch of BS. Uh, uh, last year, Kamala Harris voted to block the Tim Scott legislation, proposed legislation. She voted to block even debating it. Every Democrat argued their, their motto was, nothing was better than something. That's what they were saying last year when Tim Scott introduced that legislation. Mm-hmm. And they have, the, they have the chutzpah to come up now and, and say, well, the Republicans have no answer. They have no answer. And it's all racism. I mean, I've never seen the race card played so much in my life. You know, it's interesting. Somebody I know had a uh, friend of theirs, close friend of theirs, who's a— uh, works in an emergency room or work works in a in a medical setting and a black man came and she was a, a white woman a black man came in and it, it just came in for the services of this medical place first thing he said was before we even get started i just want to apologize for what's going on in this world and i think that's what the average person actually thinks i mean look 
for, for the for the white liberal progressive out there that thinks, oh, well, well, look, we see these Black Lives Matter protesters, so therefore all blacks must be upset. Don't buy it. <laughs> Don't buy it. It's a small percentage of these loudmouth Marxists that want to overthrow the system. You know, we are all <clears throat> children of God, if you believe. Every one made in the image of God. Absolutely. And we have more in common. A lot more in common than we have difference. Uh, difference, and it just amazes me that people are buying into this, and and not see that it's just intent to divide us. I mean, if you keep the people yeah. stupid and divided, that's what power-hungry politicians and oligarchs want. And Joe Biden said that very thing last night. Last night, Joe Biden asserted without evidence that the violent summer of rage, which resulted in dozens of deaths, cost billions of dollars in property damage, arson and looting. He said it was peaceful and united people of every race and generation. And it was the total opposite. It was, it was meant to divide. Yeah, it was. And Minneapolis, I think, last year had, was it $2 billion of damage, I think, in property damage? had nothing to do with protesting it was just rioting and looting just just and the and the fan the flames were fanned by the politicians the sad the, here's the sad truth i know we got to take a break clark here's the sad truth though the family unit across the board in america is in trouble mm-hmm. it's it's hemorrhaging it's falling apart the American black family in America is in the worst shape of all. And if Democrats really wanted to do something to solve a, a big portion of the problem, that, that would be the first thing that they would address is the American family and absentee fathers. And look, it, it, it's in every race. It's not just in black America. But you know what? The welfare state that was introduced and, and it was really ramped up under Democratic President Lyndon Baines Johnson and his great society, where they began to hand out money for children born out of wedlock, and single moms got more than married moms. So what does that do? <laughs> that encourages, encourages absentee fatherhood. And, and look, why do we have so much interaction between and and let me say this the vast majority of police interaction with with black males females black families is positive you know for every incident you have that makes national news that looks so horrible and so negative in which the mainstream media just harps on and harps on and yeah the black lives matter immediately show up as they're doing up in elizabeth city apparently immediately showing up i mean it's almost like you know, okay. Send out the send out the 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 cell phone calls to make sure everybody shows up. There's there are hustlers, and I bet they are hustlers. I bet the attorney Ben Crump will be there before forty eight hours is up. Well, and and uh, would Regardless you see would you happens. you would you see after the 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 verdict yesterday? Al Sharpton is up at the microphone. The loudmouth race baiter Al Sharpton, who makes his living off of race baiting. But, I mean, if you want to address something that really needs to be addressed that would really perhaps begin to solve the problem, and I know, look, it's taken us decades to get here. It's not going to change overnight, but begin to address the issue of the family. 
and let's let's work on legislation that would put the family back together again. We got to take a time out. Love to hear from you. 561-8255. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Eastern Carolina's place to talk about coronavirus. You fund the police. Everything. Give me liberty or give me COVID-19. Right now, more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. News and views with Tom and Benny and Clark and you. 561-8255 if you want to join in the conversation. Taking a look at your weather forecast tonight. Clear and cool. 37 for a low. Wind gusts. It's going to be windy over the next 24 hours. It was windy earlier this afternoon. 24 mile, mile an hour wind gust tonight. Thursday, sunny, a high near 62. Again, windy. Tomorrow night, if you got any delicate plants, you might want to cover them up before tomorrow night. A low of around 34, and uh, there is a frost warning an a.m. frost warning for Friday morning, first thing. Come on, man. I know. Friday, sunny with a high near 68 and uh, a 50% chance of rain on Saturday, which originally was about 100%. Now they're saying 50%. The uh, BLM protesters did show up last night. It wasn't as bad as it could have been in... Portland, Oregon, a police officer got punched in the face. In New York, they actually didn't burn the town down in Minneapolis. But in New York, uh, BLM protesters were in the streets chanting, whose streets are streets. They would come upon diners eating outside. They began shouting at the patrons. They also targeted white business owners who make ethnic food. Isn't that racist? (laughs) Um, We don't want you here. We don't want you here. We don't want your blanking money, they chanted. Well, um, you you don't have to worry about it in New York City because they're pretty much emptying out. You know, it's interesting. There was a piece on Fox and Illinois, New York, and California – are about the only states in the union in which home prices, real estate prices, are dropping. Everywhere else, they're going through the roof. <laughs> well, because they're scared to death of all the defunded police talk. I mean, yeah. you know, I think they will see uh, – it won't take but a couple of years to realize um, they've let this political issue really destroy them locally. I mean, think about the businesses in the areas to take from Minneapolis where all these protests occur. I mean, how, how do they how do they carry on their business? Good it question. Uh, it is interesting. They have now released the audio. I don't have the audio. I just read what was said. The audio of the nine one one call in Columbus to Columbus police, where the sixteen year old um, lost her life as she was taken out just before she had the opportunity to uh, stab another young lady, uh, black sixteen year old Makia Bryant attacking two other females with a knife. Police police released new information about the case earlier uh, this afternoon. The first 911 call came at 4.32 yesterday. The caller, who has not been identified, said amid a commotion in the background, some of the stuff was indistinguishable, quote, trying to fight us, trying to stab us, trying to put their hands on our grandma, get here now. 
A second 911 call came in, but the caller quickly hung up when police arrived at the scene. Now, Michaela Bryant, who was living in a foster home, I don't know if this was her foster mother or her, I guess it was her biological mother, Paula Bryant, told a local station that her daughter had called 911 herself because people were threatening her. The Columbus Police Department did not identify the caller and deferred to the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation, who told Fox News they cannot share that information right now. And one of the uh, individuals related to the young lady who lost her life was saying that that um, called the incident tragic. Bryant family members said she had a knife to protect herself from the group of people who were attacking her. But yet the police officer got there, told her to drop the knife. Obviously, the police officer would have protected her. Again, I just, you have to wonder, what was she on? I, I'm, I'd be honest with you, Benny, I'm sick, of, I'm sick of these stories. I mean, I'm just sick of dealing with this crap. Well, to give you a prime example of how political this is, um, Representative uh, A... Ariana Presley, I guess yeah. is how you say yeah. her name, from Massachusetts. Yeah, I, you know, one of the squad. Yeah, one of the squad, and I'm someone to be talking about somebody's hair, but she has no hair. <laughs> um, she she makes Benny look like he's got a full head of hair. She's got a good looking head, though. I had to give it to her anyway. Um, she tweets out, "Black girls deserve girlhood." Interrupted. Black girls deserve to grow up and become women. So I ask you, Representative Presley. How about this seven-year-old black girl that was shot in the drive-thru at McDonald's yeah. in Chicago? Yeah. Where were you? I just, you know, I follow her just because I try to follow everybody to see what they're even. See what the other side yeah, is thinking. Even people that are bat poop crazy like uh, Nancy Pelosi I follow. Um, she, didn't, she didn't address the Chicago issue. No. No. Well, how about the young lady who would have lost her life if the police officer hadn't intervened? Absolutely. And if. How, how about the... I mean, she could just as easily have congratulated the police officer for taking out the killer so the other young lady had a chance to grow yeah, into womanhood. Yeah, that would be my response. The police officer uh, saved another black woman from becoming maybe a woman. Two. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe two. Yeah, maybe two. Uh, speaking of um, bat poop crazy Nancy Pelosi... A number of media outlets are uh, now reporting. This is from PJ Media. Uh, they write, there are a lot of reasons why Nancy Pelosi is a horrible person. This might That's be the top of the list. Well, I know, but we're going to say it anyway. Regardless of what you think about George Floyd or Derek Chauvin, or Chauvin if you like that better, and uh, what happened, it's hard to imagine someone in Pelosi's position being so divorced from humanity that she would literally thank George Floyd for being killed. But that is what she did yesterday. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life, for being there to call out your mom. How heartbreaking that was to call out your mom. I can't breathe. This is, this is bat poop crazy Nancy Pelosi from yesterday. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe, but because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous 
with justice. And your name will always be synonymous with crazy. You know, she said that, um, thank you, Jesus, for George Floyd. George Floyd's synonymous with justice and grace. And, you know, to the family of George Floyd, I, they, they lost a loved one, regardless right. of what happened. He, they lost a loved one. But this is a man that was charged for robbing a pregnant woman and putting a gun to her belly. Yeah. I, you know, and and I mean, here's the other thing: I, I, you, you can hate me and email me and everything else. The chances of George Floyd having lived through the night, if the police never had any interaction with him, was fifty-fifty at best. He had three times the the fatal limit of fentanyl in his system. He had cancer. Ninety percent blockages in his in his uh, blood system. Mm-hmm. The guy the guy was a, a walking time bomb. He he still um, you know and that and with all that said, no, nobody can prove that what the officer did killed him. I don't I don't believe. Uh, you know, the medical experts they're going to say whatever they're getting paid to do. You know, whatever they're getting paid to say that's that's their opinion on it. But the, the still fact of the matter is the officer should have been charged or something. I think he should have yeah. gone to jail for something. Yeah, because um, he was subdued. He had him under control. He should have got off of him. But yeah, I, I mean the the nine minute video was was the damning evidence, and it's it's you know I, again I I don't I don't propose to, to say that I know because I don't know, but but that was damning evidence. Um, but in response to Nancy Pelosi's comments. Uh, she is really getting it from all sides, which she should. Um, Caitlin at Sinclair TV said, we have Nancy Pelosi giving Floyd a thank you for his sacrifice. When was the last time she thanked our veterans, police officers, those who fight for this country while making the ultimate sacrifice? Take note at our le- what our leaders prioritize. Albert Lee, a black man, said... Pelosi thanking George Floyd for his sacrifice continues the the tradition of white people in power seeing us as black pawns on their ivory chessboards. George Floyd's life mattered before he was murdered. murdered. Um, Alicia Krauss, if a Republican said what Pelosi said about Floyd, their head would be on a platter. Yeah. Unbelievable double standard out of the media. And, you know, the the media proves that they're (laughs) – That they're in lockstep with the Democrat Party. When when they do they did not come out last night and attack the comments that she made in that press conference. That was completely inappropriate. And and for the media just to be silent on it, the media on the uh, other than maybe one or two channels, um, was just totally silent. Well, AOC chimed in, and we'll get to her audio when we come back. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in, 18 minutes before the top of the hour. Uh, talking about all these shootings, today the FBI came out with a final verdict on that 2017 baseball field shooting that nearly killed uh, Steve Scalise. Uh, as basically put him on a cane for the rest of his life. Um, their official final word on this was that it was um, 
their their wording. The, the shooter was James Hodgkinson. He was a Bernie uh, Sanders supporter. They are labeling it as suicide by cop. <laughs> suicide by cop. Suicide by cop. In other words, his his motive for doing what he did is he wanted to commit suicide. He wasn't brave enough to do it, so he attracted the police officers who took him out. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So that's how that's how the FBI. Wow. You know, there was a time when the FBI was pristine. Yeah, they're just purely political now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know there's great agents out in the field, right? But the, but the upper, but the hierarchy, hierarchy is just pure political. So, Town Hall is reporting on AOC. She uh, obviously the brilliant scholar that she is. She wanted to chime in and uh, tell all her followers uh, how terrible and racist we are as a nation. The jury comes out. They find uh, Derek Chauvin guilty on all three counts, and this is what AOC had to say about it. Cut three. So, no. This verdict is not justice. Frankly, I don't even think we call it full accountability because there are multiple officers that were there wasn't just just Derek Chauvin and I also don't want this moment to be framed as this system working working because it's not working and that's what creates a lot of complexity in this moment okay the question is does she deliberately lie to mislead people or is she stupid I mean, would you not think before you get in and start babbling about stuff that you really don't have? It certainly appears you have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, she's got staff that she could say, hey, run run this by me. What's going to happen to the other police officers? They're all going to court in August. All the other officers <laughs> will end up in court. And yeah, yeah, define justice. This is not justice. So define justice. Why don't someone ask her that? Well, how, how do you define ju- Well, listen. She defines justice as what you've been saying, we've been talking about the last couple of days, of throwing out the entire system, doing away with our constitutional republic. That's what she would say is justice. And listen, I understand in a real sense, okay, when you have a trial like this and somebody loses their life, or not take this trial, but any, any, other, any other murder trial and someone loses their life, can you, I mean, I suppose if you really want real justice in a murder trial, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, the person would lose their life, but you still don't get the person back. So, I mean, yeah, but do you have a better system, AOC? I mean, what would you like to do? Now, again, they are using this, as you said earlier today, they're using this to destroy the system, to overthrow the system, and they're not going to be happy unless the entire constitutional republic is flushed down the toilet. But again, that's her definition would be total policy change. I mean, obviously, we we have a history in this country of of slavery. We have a history of racial discrimination, but we have come a long ways in 50 years. Are we, are we going in the right direction? Frankly, I thought we were going in the right direction until we had uh, President Obama take Ab- office. Absolutely. Um, but you know, we, hey, yeah, we still got a lot of improvements, 
We're not perfect, and we're never going to be perfect. To tell me a better continent, a better country to live in in this world than the United States if you're a person of color. Well, or any person. I mean, that's the irony. Now, would AOC consider herself a person of color? Uh, look, when it's convenient. Yeah, when, sure. when the, the the irony is that if we had the type of country that she wants us to be, a Total, uh, total, uh, totalitarian. totalitarian, totalitarian regime under communism. Uh, AOC, you'd never get elected. You, 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 you were not a part of the oligarchy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have gotten into office. Uh, uh, quite the the um, establishment Democrat. What was his name that she beat, which was a you know surprised a lot of people. I mean, he was an old Democrat, but she would never gotten into office in any other. The, the the type of regime that she wants, she'd never been elected. Well, the crisis at our border right now. Yeah. Um, hey, they're going north. They're not going south. Yeah. So if, if America, exactly. If America is such a bad place, why are they going thousands of miles? Why don't they just go south to the next country? Well, and they were they're going north all along. Now, Joe Biden, I mean, he's surprised that they're coming north when he wants to hand uh, money out quicker than you can print it. Well, Joe Biden's surprised if he's bring some breakfast for a second time because he wouldn't remember the first breakfast he had. I mean, <laughs> what are we talking about? I'll have to give I'll have to give the president a break because he really doesn't have a clue what's going on, and he is a pawn in this. Well, game. they're doing it in his name. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with what you just said, but they're doing it in his name. Hey, we're going to cover a couple of statewide stories. We got to take another break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. to the show that really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all-powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Tom and Benny and Clark and you. And the News and Observer ran a story today concerning the bill that we have talked about several times on this program. We've had Keith Kidwell on to talk about it. It's the Save Women's Sports Act. And the, the short version, my description of this act, is House Bill 358. And basically it says um, for sports in K through 12 and in college is based upon your biology with, that you're born with. Okay? It, it's that simple. Guys play with guys. Gals play with gals. We're not going to have any biological males who identify as women playing with women's sports. The News and Observer, and this was not labeled as an op-ed. This was labeled, best I could figure, as just a news story. It says, so we've learned nothing. The only way to look at House Bill 358, the latest attempt by Republicans in the North Carolina legislature to codify legal discrimination against transgender people. Five years after they did the same thing with House Bill 2 to the state's in eternal indignity and shame. It's House Bill 2. Point two, I guess is how he's labeling it. The bill which would ban transgender girls from high school girls sports teams is a draconian solution to a problem that doesn't actually exist. It's enforceable only by genitalia inspection. Uh, and he goes on to slam it. Look, 
The Republicans need to get out there and proclaim this as a war on women in which they are trying to defend women's sports. And the idea that it's not a problem is ridiculous. It is a problem. And there are young ladies, right? There's a lawsuit that's going to go before the Supreme Court where young ladies in Connecticut lost their opportunity to get a college scholarship. They lost it to a biological male in track and field. Yeah, and I mean, you played Little League. I played Little League. Probably everybody played Little League. We had to take our birth certificates in yeah. to check our age yeah. because so many people were lying about how old yeah. we were. You know, the, the guy that was six foot four, two twenty, we we had to find out that he was really yeah. not ten years old. You know, remember so, that that happened. So what about a birth certificate? That happened in Williamsport just a few years ago when oh, yeah. uh, one of the foreign teams they found that the kid was like sixteen. Uh, so that's one story out of uh, Raleigh. The PPP. Uh, allowing businesses to write off the PPP loan. Um, you were telling me that Progress North Carolina has chimed in on that. Yeah, Progress North Carolina, which is um, a liberal-leaning, well, I think every news... <laughs> liberal-leaning? They're so far to the left, they're going to fall off the face of the well, earth. Well, I think every news organization is in the state, except for us, maybe. But, uh, you know, they're pushing that, that this is a bill that's being pushed by House Speaker Tim Moore and others that would change North Carolina's tax code with, to respect with PPP loans. The catch, Tim Moore and other lawmakers would benefit from the tax cut. Well, heck, if you were any business in North Carolina and you got a, one of these PPP loans, you got it because you needed it. Yeah. Every, everybody, every business in North Carolina's got us getting the tax cut. And we're only one of three states right now that are going to tax us. And we're in there with California, Hawaii, and us. Wow. Not not good company, guys. No, it's not good company. And and, and what was the vote? Well, today in the House, the House voted. Uh, there's multiple readings. I, I don't know the, all the uh, details of how this is done, but the this maybe the second or third reading of the bill in the House, the North Carolina House today, passed 114 to one. And so they're trying to make a big issue that that Tim Moore and a couple of other Republicans are going to benefit from this. Yes. So basically trying to vilify the Republicans that they're voting this strictly for their own pocketbooks. Did they report on any Democrats that voted for this that might own their own business? Of course not. No. I mean, there's 114 to 1. The one, as I see here, is uh, Representative Howard from uh, I believe Caldwell County, I believe. And she is having a feud right now with uh, Tim Moore. And it sounds like she's going to have a feud with everybody else in the House if and she, she keeps and it she's up. she's a Republican, so that's 115. How many uh, House seats members are there? 120, is that right? I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's a lot of Democrats that voted for it. Anyway, uh, Keith Kidwell will be here tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. The um, other big news out of Raleigh is the longtime North Carolina law requiring pistol purchase permits to be repealed under a new version of a bill that advanced through a House committee on Tuesday. We talked to uh, Keith about this last week. Uh, I didn't realize this until Keith did a little investigating, and it, it shows up in this, this article on this new bill. But I, I didn't realize that was actually um, started as a part of the Jim Crow era. Oh, yeah. That they wanted to make sure certain people didn't have a chance to get a firearm. Anyway, we'll talk more about that with Keith tomorrow. And uh, we'll do the whole thing over again tomorrow, including political trivia. We'll see you tomorrow at 5. Bye-bye, everybody. All see you. Right. Woo!